there's this trust in the process that has to happen through both being an athlete as well as owning a business. And we are willing to adapt and pivot when necessary, but sometimes it might feel like it's a really long slog, but if we go through it, we believe there will be benefits on the other side. And so I think there's huge correlations between training and also just like prepping for future growth in your business. Today's guest is Karina Hamill. Karina is co-founder of Bivo. As a former professional Nordic skier, racer, and endurance aficionado with a passion for product development, her worlds collided when she realized there wasn't a good solution for drinking water while riding. She broke the mold and made the first stainless steel bottle with a flow rate fit for all outdoor enthusiasts. Her work has taken her on incredible international adventures, both in the outdoors and in business. Karina is mom to a five and one-year-old, and she loves to constantly challenge herself as well as make time to play outside with her kids. All right, I'm your host, Liz Landine, and this is The Outdoor Entrepreneur. Hey, Karina, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Liz. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk with you today and in kind of preparing and figuring out where might be the best place to start uh, and just learning a little bit more about you. I know that sports and how you grew up greatly impacted your your professional career. So I thought, hey, let's let's start there. That's a good place to start. So can you just tell us about how you grew up and where where that led you professionally? Yeah. So I was born, I have an older sister, Mariah. She's four years older than me. And my parents were really into cross-country skiing when she was born. And when she was old enough to start skiing, they found out that it was pretty hard to find other families to ski with. So they started the local youth program for the Bill Coke League in Western Massachusetts. So when I was born, I was basically born into cross-country skiing and had friends automatically. So you know, every weekend in the winter was traveling to to a different ski race. And Wednesday evenings were training sessions and Saturday mornings were, were group activities. So our lives in the winter were focused completely around cross-country skiing. And as I grew up and got more, more into ski racing, I, you know, everything was based around my training throughout the summer, fall and winter as well. So I had a lot of different experiences through that time of being a cross-country ski racer. And I think that there was a lot of just dedication to working really hard towards something. And that really translated into, I think, running a business and and starting something for myself. I, I like to compare it a lot to... I have a very competitive nature to me. And I would I was able to translate that competitiveness from cross-country ski racing into running a business. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities there and a lot of ways that can help you. All right. So then what inspired you to start your own business or get into entrepreneurship? When I was in high school, I had an English teacher there, Tom DiCarlo. And I remember him telling me that I would someday start my own business. And that actually stuck with me quite clearly like from the time he said it. And I was sort of surprised when he told me that. And I didn't really understand why he thought that about me. But as soon as he said it, I started thinking about what could that be? Like, what could I possibly start? And right from that moment, I had I had just been in Norway the year before. And so I was already thinking, well, maybe I could set up a program for skiers to go over to Norway because it was such a fantastic opportunity for me. Um, so I think that that just like put something in my head that 
I was going to start a business someday. And then I, I kept getting that from different people from my first boss when I started in footwear product development. I worked for the parent company of Keen after I retired from ski racing. And he said the same thing. And a couple of people at factories told me that as well. So I definitely just have something in me that uh, I guess I like the challenge and I like learning and diving into things. And so I think that lends itself to, to starting your own business. Um, I also watched my parents, you know, they started that youth program. Um, my dad always had his own construction business. And then my parents um, did a ski course on their property and they always were just up to something together. Um, and every time they were doing it, they were building strong community around themselves. And so I think I just watched them do that throughout my whole childhood through different parts of life. And uh, I think that also inspired me. Yeah, that's that's great. Just kind of how things led up to it. I always love when people see things in us that maybe we don't see in ourselves quite yet. Totally. Yes. It's it's so fascinating. So when you shifted out of your more professional like ski racing, did you start a business right away? Was that Bivo or was there something in between there? No, there was something in between. So I I met the owner of, of Keen Footwear right after I stopped ski racing. And he offered for me to go over and live in China to work for Keen if I wanted to learn product development, which was something I was interested in. So that was a really awesome opportunity for me to really get exposed to manufacturing. And I love that world. So I worked for him in China for just three months. And then I moved from China to Portland. And I worked for the parent company of Keen, Rofu Design, for five years. And when I was there, I was tasked with coming up with new manufacturing techniques and setting up new manufacturing relationships all all across the globe, really. Um, And I love that international business aspect of it. So I was looking at what my next step would be. And I realized that for smaller brands, sourcing was really hard. And so I left Rofu and I started my own design and manufacturing agency where I help brands anywhere from creative direction through to production for footwear. So I ran that for about 10 years. And Bivo was born out of the end of that business. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get into Bivo. So how did that idea come to you? Yeah. My husband and I ran... So I had started the footwear development agency. And then my husband joined about two years later and we ran that business together. Uh, and then my we had our first child, um, our daughter, Svea. She was born in 2018. And Right after we were sending her to daycare, she was having a really hard time drinking out of a bottle. And so we had to test a whole bunch of bottles. And we didn't really like feeding her out of plastic, but we had to use some to see if she would she would take it. And ultimately, she never took a bottle. She skipped that and went right to a sippy cup. But um, we were talking about that one time when we were out skiing. And we realized that every time we exercise, we drink out of plastic ourselves. So we quickly went home. We're big skiers, runners, cyclists. Um, and we started researching the bike market because we didn't know if there was a bike bottle that was made out of anything besides plastic. And it turned out there wasn't. So when we realized that, we jumped on designing the bottle because we had all the the resources in place to develop it. Um, we had a team on the ground in China. We knew the process of product development. So we were able to just like jump right in and, and start developing our bottle. Wow, that's so neat. I always appreciate hearing when there's like a gap, you know, there's some kind of gap in the market and just the story behind like how this came to be and that you just identified, hey, there isn't this out there and we can design it. Yeah, I always, you know, I through the footwear development agency, I worked with a lot of different startups and 
some of them would be complete holes in the market and others would just be trying to compete with other brands out there through design or small improvements in performance. And I always wondered, I'm like, how can people possibly find a hole in the market? Like there's just, there's nothing out there. Like everything's been thought of. And so when we found it, we're like, holy cow, this is really cool. (laughs) I love that. I am always trying to think of those things because I'm like, this is one of those things like, why didn't I think of this? And you're right. It's like all of a sudden it's just there. And it's like, huh. So I actually have your Vivo water bottle right here next to me. Awesome. I absolutely love it. It's really, really nice. Great. So let's talk about it. What is Vivo? Tell us more about it. It's a, So Vivo is a performance water bottle company. Um, it's made out of stainless steel and we have optimized the flow of water so you can pour and drink really easily. So when we came up with the idea of making a metal water bottle, we knew one of the first limitations would be that you can't squeeze metal. And so we wanted to make sure that drinking out of it would be really easy. And if you've thought, if you've like poured water out of a wine bottle, for example, it will chug, like air will go in and water will go out. And so when you're drinking um, from something that doesn't have a good flow system, you can drink both air and water and it's not the most pleasant experience. So we wanted to make sure that if we were going to compete with plastic, it performed as well as plastic. So we really focused on our gravity flow system. That's a patent pending system. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, I haven't taken it out on a bike ride or done anything like that yet. But right off the bat, what I deeply appreciate is the taste. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, it, I have all like all my water bottles for cycling are plastic. I actually, my niece was just visiting me not that long ago and I wanted to give her something that was, well, my mother gave it to her. Um, you know, put it with a lid and that kind of thing. So she pulled out one of my plastic water bottles um, for cycling. And she was like, this tastes horrible. <laughs> she didn't yeah. like it at all. And I, I eventually just threw it out because I was like, you know, I just, it tastes so bad in there. So that was the first thing I noticed when I drank out of yeah. this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's one of our actually top comments is just the clean taste. It's so nice because I think what we did a lot of focus groups and customer surveys when we were designing the bottle. And something that came out was that plastic is just a necessary evil. And people have, cyclists were commenting that they never drink out of plastic only. And then they realize that they do when they ride their bikes and they do hate the taste, but there was nothing else out there. So that's definitely something that was a huge benefit of, of using stainless steel. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So kind of thinking maybe, or, or moving forward, big picture, where do you see Bivo going as a company over the coming years? What's kind of the big, bold vision you have for it? I love being part of the endurance community. So um, we started with cycling and because there was such an open hole and it made a lot of sense to be in that space. And we really want to continue to focus on the cyclists because we're still, we're just over two years old. Um, we have a lot of, a lot to tackle before moving beyond that, but we definitely see opportunity in all performance sports. Um, so we would like to move beyond that, uh, beyond cycling and also just be part a positive part of the community in Vermont. You know, I have dreams of like, having a coffee shop where people come in and they learn about the best hikes and the bike rides. Um, so I think there's like a combination of growing the business and, and tackling different sports as well as just being a really positive part of the community. I love that. All right. So, you know, you're a startup and there's lots to figure out when, when you're a startup. And I'm just wondering, as you reflect back over the past four years, 
Is there something that stands out to you that you wish you had known beforehand? Or maybe it would have, you know, saved you lots of time or energy if you knew it early on in starting your business. This one is, uh, it's, it's an interesting one because it seems quite obvious, but owning a brand is really expensive. So I think that, um, you know, I, I had run my own, that the product development agency for 10 years and my investment in that was basically a computer in the beginning. And so I built that up gradually and I never had to take on investment and it was a bit simpler. So I think, you know, having the confidence of running that business and then pouring that into Bivo, I think the biggest thing that surprised me is like, I knew it, I knew it was going to be expensive, but I think I didn't know how expensive and how much money it takes to, to run these, to run a brand um, and compete with, compete with people, other people in the market. So I think that's the biggest one for me. Mm, that's a great one. I don't think I, we've really talked to, we've talked about this on the show really, but just around expenses and yeah, you're right. Like, when I started my business, same thing. It was like I had a laptop and it's just a whole different, it's a whole different thing. But thinking about taking into account just all the money and costs and <laughs> things you're going to have to do up front yeah. uh, is pretty big. Yeah. Before we jump back into the episode, we're going to take a quick break so I can share an awesome resource with you that's totally free right now. Do you have a highly active or busy brain? Big hand raise over here for me. I was a major overthinker for most of my life and I felt like I was always in my head. And even though I don't wanna change how quickly I can mentally process things, because let's be honest, it's kind of a superpower, what ended up happening was I was completely disconnected from my body and therefore from myself, which then led to underlying feelings of anxiety, restlessness, and dis-ease in my body and in my mind. It's the body that holds all the answers and the clarity that we seek in our life, in our business, relationships, bank accounts, you name it. So I knew I needed to quiet my mind long enough to be able to connect within to get the answers and the clarity I was seeking. And as much as I tried over the years, traditional forms of meditation just never really stuck for me. So after years of trying all kinds of things, I finally found a few that work really well for my busy brain. And I created a quick video where I share three simple practices that help you quiet the mind and all the chatter and slow down long enough so you can tap into and hear what's really important. So you can go to lizlandine.com slash playground and download the video, which is totally free right now. And I promise if you have an active brain like I do and you're open to trying something new, this video is going to kickstart a really powerful shift for you in how you think and in how you feel. And while you're on the webpage, check out all the other resources I've created to support you on your life and business journey as you get curious, as you follow the breadcrumbs, and as you live and experience life connected to yourself and therefore connected to everything. All right, now let's get back into the episode. Well, let's talk a little bit about your competitive background. And as you, you know, you mentioned, you have a more competitive nature about you, uh, especially from, you know, your days as a ski racer, and now you run this business. I'd love to hear, you know, what aspects do you think are similar between being an athlete and running a business and being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I always followed a training plan when I was ski racing, and I would work through different periods of, you know, the year and even through races where I was building hours and trying to build the amount of endurance I had. And so sometimes I would have to train through races, for example, and 
sometimes I wouldn't perform as well as I had hoped, even for like a year or two at a time, because it was really building my base. Um, so I think there's this trust in the process that has to happen through both being an athlete as well as owning a business. And you know, we have a really strong business plan and we are willing to adapt and pivot when necessary, but we also have to have trust in our process and know that sometimes it might feel like it's a really long slog, but if we go through it, we believe there will be benefits on the other side. And so I think there's huge correlations between training and also just like prepping for future growth in your business. Yeah, I love that. So trusting the process and then also having some kind of a plan and yeah. having something to follow, not just kind of winging it necessarily when it comes to the really thinking longer term, bigger picture with your with your business. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's also this like, sometimes there'd be times in my career where I was just super tired. Like I, I had some health problems and I, I discovered that I had a underactive thyroid. And so those years where I was going through that and figuring out how to recover from it, I had to adjust my training plan. And I think the same thing goes for for building a business. Like there are times where opportunities come and you you might have to pivot and like not totally ditch the ditch the plan, but figure out how to execute on getting this, you know, huge opportunity. So I think it's a combination of like following that plan and and knowing that there's a reason behind it, but also like recognizing when it's important to to adjust. Well, in addition to being an athlete and a business owner, you're also a mother of two. Yes. I'd love to hear just how you personally find some balance or maybe some harmony between running a business and being a mom. Yeah, I have a so I have a five-year-old daughter and an almost two-year-old son. So we're in like the I always say we're in the heart of it. Like, you know, it they require a lot of of energy, but they also bring obviously a lot of joy. So um I you know, when we were running our development agency, we worked all the time and we traveled and we kind of combined work and play a lot. And our lives were were very much around work. And I think um, when with having children, like, honestly, there are days where I'm like, man, it would be a lot easier to grow this business if I didn't have these two kids. But there's also the, the part of it is like, there's this clear divide between work and being present with your kids. And so in in many ways, I think there's a benefit because it turns your mind off and there's something else that's providing you with joy and entertainment. Yeah, I think a lot of people will appreciate just kind of hearing how how you just make it all work. And it sounds like I think that's a good thing to keep in mind is it's like it, it might just ebb and flow as well. It's like some days yeah. may be better than others. And and just kind of work, you know, working through all of that. But it sounds like you have like your core, like the these, this is the priority. The priority priorities yeah. are my children and and then running your business and yeah, kind of working around all of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so easy to look at other people and compare yourself to them. And I think it, it's okay to admit that you can't do it all. Like there's no way you can do it all. And as a as a parent of young children. And so I think that's something that's really hard piece for for moms in particular with young children because it's just it is hard it's really hard and i think like giving giving yourself permission to just say i can't do it all um and just pick what's the most important and do those really well i think that's that that's helped me a lot all right karina so what about your current situation or your current setup are you just absolutely loving right now or what do you feel like is just working really well for you 
I really, it's funny. I, so my husband and I own Vivo together. We run it together and we have clear roles, but we also collaborate really well. Um, and I think that a lot of people think we're probably crazy for working together. And we thought we were crazy when we first started working together with our footwear development agency. And I think you learn a lot about each other and either you kind of know right away if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. But I love running Vivo with Robbie. I think it's um, especially because we have our two young kids, it's really easy to understand each other's stress. And it's really under easy to understand that sometimes like his role is going to take the lead and other times my role is going to take the lead mm-hmm. and we recognize that in each other and work together really well. So while it means that our personal relationship and our work relationship kind of blend, I think for us and having a young family, it really works. I love hearing this because this is like a dream of mine. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I I am perfectly suited to work work in business with my partner. And so <laughs> it's something I'm like, I'm very aware of and I'm like, oh, we're going to manifest this. Like I, um, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't always go that way and it can be really challenging working with your partner as well. But I just love hearing like, no, I actually love working with my partner. And I'm hearing that more and more from people that I'm meeting that are building a business together with their partner and just like, yes, there's challenges, but, you know, having these kind of clear roles really helps. Like, what are your strengths? What are my strengths? And then kind of bringing those together and just really working, working together in partnership. And I just, I, I love hearing it. it. makes me so happy. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. All right, then let's talk about the flip side to that coin. Uh, what about your current situation? Are you wanting to improve or maybe get a little bit more dialed in? Honestly, like our biggest challenge is childcare. Um, and it's a huge problem in the US. So just finding enough care and uh, also, the expensive childcare is crazy. So, if I could like figure that out, that would be amazing. Um, our, you know, our, and this is where one of the reasons why working with Robbie is so great too is our kids. The schedule during non-summer hours are they get dropped off at eight thirty and picked up at four thirty, which for most people, I even mean, that's not a full time, that's not a full day work, and so that's a huge challenge. I would say for just pure business, what's not working. Uh, Honestly, I don't really know if there's nothing that's not working. I think what we're what we're trying to do is just honestly spread the word about Bivo. Um, we need to find more people. When we when we find people and they try our bottles, they love them. Um, so it's really just converting people over to to trying Bivo. Nice. All right. Okay. Well, as we start to wrap up, let's tell people where can they find you on social media or learn more about you and or Bivo. Yeah, you can follow um, at Drink Bivo on Instagram and Facebook. I'm pretty terrible at social media personally. Um, I'm going to try to get better at that. So I'm at Karina underscore Hamill. You can also follow us on LinkedIn um, and YouTube. Awesome. All right. Well, final question. So my hope in doing this podcast is to inspire people to take action towards their own dreams and their own goals. And that can look however, however it needs to look. It's different for everyone but I really want each and every one of us to see and feel what's possible and ultimately to not just dream about it, but to to do it and then to be it. So with that in mind, I'd love to close out with an action challenge. So what's one thing you want people to get out there and do in pursuit of their, their own dreams and goals? So what's your action challenge for our listeners, Karina? I would say dive in. I think like a lot of times it's easy to dabble in something, but if you can just dive in, 
and try something, whether it means, it, you know, the outcome is going to be a success or failure. I think like, unless if you totally dive in, you don't know what it's going to turn out to be. That's a beautiful message. Great way to close out. All right. Well, we'll put all the ways that our listeners can learn more about you and your work in the show notes. And just a huge thank you for sharing your journey with us. It's been really fun, really inspiring to talk with you and just keep living life on your terms. And of course, happy adventuring. Thank you so much. Hey friends, before we wrap up, I wanted to share a gentle reminder that one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to not only live my own inspired life, but to inspire you to do the same and to ultimately take massive action towards your own dreams and goals. So if you're enjoying this podcast and find the content valuable, please subscribe on Apple Podcast and I genuinely enjoy hearing from you. So please be sure to leave a review. If you're on Instagram, I'd love to connect. So follow at Liz Landine. And if you want to support me in the podcast further, you can show your support by one, shopping with our sponsors and two, becoming a Patreon member of The Outdoor Entrepreneur. You get some really awesome perks for being a member, including early access, exclusive bonus episodes, social media shout outs, and even a free business idea brainstorming call with me. All right, until next time, be sure to live life on your terms. And if you're not, make a plan and make it happen, my friends. Adventure awaits and it's all yours. Thank you.